0: morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 or 88. Right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, positively different radio in the morning. You are with the double L team, Lyle and Lawson. Lawson, you went on a
1: journey yesterday. Yes, I did. A trek. A trek. To the wilderness. Was it amazing? Oh, it was so incredible, law. We're going to talk about it later in the show. 100%. And again tomorrow. Uh-huh. So we have the story of the maybe, year. Maybe even this the next coming day. Up. Honestly, we've got so much on this because it's so incredible. Okay, this will be this this will actually be the inspirational story of the year. I think so. I I honestly think so. We've covered some great stories this year already. We have. But this is like this takes the cake. And yeah, we have not covered anything like this since I've been on Breakfast Radio. Yeah. I think
0: ever. And Faith FM has the scoop. We do. You will hear it first here
1: mm-hmm. on Faith FM before it hits any mainstream media, you will hear it first on Dude, Faith Dude, it was there. epic, bro. It was like a covert operation, but not. It was just me and Marta there with our camera and microphone just and recording you got people. It. And, and you mate, got it. we got it, bro. We it was there. It's in the can.
0: It's in the can. So, mm-hmm. yeah, wait for it to, uh, to hit the rest of the media, but, um, you're going to hear it first here on Faith FM. That's coming up later in the segment. So, I don't know. That sounds like something to be pretty thankful for
1: this morning. 100%. Oh, yeah. No, I had a fantastic day yesterday. You know, just spending time you know, in and amidst a really amazing things that got it done. Yes. Like, if anything, you know, everyone that We're I talking talk around to around the story, aren't we? Yeah, we are. We really <laughs> are. We can't, we
2: can't, let we it can't
0: reveal. <laughs> ah, it's coming up in the interview. We recorded an interview yesterday at six o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. uh, while Lawson was away and he recorded the second half of the interview as this event took place live. And so we're going to play our pre-interview this morning, which tells the background story. Yes. Then we're going to play uh, tomorrow. We're going to have the follow-up with the rest of the material where it actually happens. Mm-hmm. You're, you are actually right there. Yep.
1: I watched it go down. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. we just... Do, are we allowed to reveal anything about this or it just it's just gonna go bam and then it's just gonna
0: go bam. It's just it's just gonna go off.
1: Okay. We're just gonna let it go off. Oh man, I'm seeing I'm like, like shaking bomb. with excitement. I'm like, I just wanna say stuff, bro.
0: No, no, <laughs> no, me too. <laughs> Jill and I went out last night for uh, a, a double date. Oh, that's and, cute. And uh that was that was super cool. And as soon as the people that we were going out with sat down at the table I'm like, okay guys, I have to tell you this story because it was, it's been inside of me all day long and it's like
1: I have to tell Tell somebody this story. <laughs> Dude, that's so epic, bro. And you gonna know all about it. it. Coming up. All right. So let's have some good news yes. from across the world. Guess what, Lyle? What? Europe will open its doors this summer. Okay. To vaccinated people. Oh, oh okay. Mm. So uh, the vaccine passport becoming a thing? Yep. Uh, this is specifically talking about American people. I think it uses Americans as the standard because, you know, COVID still very much e- exists there. Yes. Um, so it's like, we'll even let Americans in, essentially. Oh, even Americans. Yeah, like that's kind of the thing. Okay, like, so we don't have COVID here in this country. Can we go or not? I, uh, you know what? I don't have the information, but I assume that it would be pretty much the same for everyone, right? Well, like so. it, Whether you've got I mean, COVID in your country or not, everyone has COVID in their country. Yes. Like we know, but, you know. Only That's right. You don't trust any country.
0: Oh, I mean, hey, we, we, we have it in our quarantine system and so forth at the moment. I get that. Yeah. I, I don't want to overstate things too much, but uh, we're pretty clear in this country for the time being. Mm hmm. Uh, you know, a yeah. few, few spots here. It remains that to be seen. Pop up from time to time.
1: Yeah, but essentially, okay. Ursula von der Leyen, uh, the president of the European Commission, has told the New York Times. So, you know, this is on record, big publication. Um, uh, that they will be opening their borders in summer if Americans are vaccinated. Okay, so the
0: EU, so the European yes. Union. All right, so, yeah, I guess uh, Britain's not a part of that anymore. Yeah,
1: no, well, Britain's still in, like, stage four know, lockdowns, bro. Like, know, this place is getting smashed. Mm. I guess Europe's probably looking at it, well, I don't know. This is interesting. It is. It's controversial. Because, like, especially, dude, I, I have a friend in Ireland, and he's, like, oh, yeah. telling me, like, bro, like, we can't even go outside. Yeah. Like I was telling him, like, oh yeah, I went, you know, go karting today. I'm like, dude, COVID ended like six months ago. <laughs> he's like, at least he's like go karting. I can't even go to get my hair cut. I'm like, whoa, are you serious? Like it's full it's full on there. It's but hard to imagine how apparently, full on apparently is the rest of the world. Apparently, you know, it's going to be open up. Of of course, Ireland not being a part of the, uh, the you know. Britain and so it's part of the European Union yes. and technically according to this if you're allowed to go to the European Union well then you're allowed I to go I think this should just be open to all Australians and New
0: Zealanders. We don't have it. Oh anymore. yeah, so like just, we do, just, We just died. we so so little of covid here just opened it up for us. Mm. Okay, so the the uh, the vaccine passport a lot of people freaking out over it. Vaccine passport has been around forever. Yeah. Um oh. <laughs> There's nothing new about it. Bro. When I travelled to Brazil, for instance, I had to have a vaccine passport. And this was years ago. Mm-hmm. Else I would not be allowed back into the country. Couldn't get, get back into the country without the vaccine passport. Mm-hmm. And so there's nothing new about it. All that is changing with the vaccine passport is that they are adding a new vaccine to it
1: for mm-hmm. this current pandemic. Mm. But I think that, like, I've heard of people who, because, you know, we went to Ethiopia, right? We got yellow fever vaccine. And that smoked me, bro. Like, I honestly, like, for a week, I felt sick after getting oh, that thing. Really? I, it, was ba- it was bad. <laughs> but, like... I've had that one a couple of times. But, uh you know, I've talked to people who said, that like, you know, you can get special dispensation to not get vaccine passports. Possibly. I don't know. I've never looked into it. Well, like... Because I've uh, never really been that... Stressed over. Yeah. It. But I know people who like, that's their thing. Yep. And so they, they've just written letters to, you know, the Australian and whatever country embassy that they're going to. Or special dispensation. Uh, and they just get dispensation. They're like, you know, they're like, look. And,
0: and I think that's, um, I think that's reasonable to an extent. But I, but with COVID, I do really support, I do really support freedom of choice when it comes to these kind of things. I think the freedom of choice comes in here that if, uh, if you don't want to get the vaccine, don't travel. Yep. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have freedom. There is nobody forcing you in Australia to receive the vaccine.
1: And also, like, you know, traveling, like, plane flights and everything, like, this isn't public transport. These are all private things, you know? Like, so if a private company, like, an airport or an airline wants to say, like, oh, you can't get on the plane. They can. If a country says, oh, the, oh, you can't go in, it's not your it. right to go in, you know? They have to... Without, Whether we like it or not. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They can do it because it's a private company. It's a private I'm going company. we talk about private companies coming up in Ooh, my next section here in a moment.
1: Interesting. Yes. Yeah. But private companies can do stuff like that. Mm, they can. But I guess we'll see how this unfolds whether Americans will actually go to Europe or not. Maybe. Probably. They should. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, hey.
0: The, uh, the, the the various vaccinations have various levels of effectiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I could get a vaccine passport and I could suddenly travel like normal again,
1: I'd probably travel. I'd probably take it, yeah. Yeah, why not?
0: I'm not mm. particularly, you know, I'm not in a particularly vulnerable age bracket for COVID. I don't want to catch it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I do not want to catch this thing. But um, I'm not terrified of it. Yeah.
1: Well, I've had lots of family members mm. in the US who have had it. Yeah. So, they are um, chillin'. Yeah, Dude, okay, I read a story this morning Just real quickly Okay, so it's about the oldest Laysan albatross Pretty much the oldest wild bird in the world How old do you think it is? an albatross I, th- I think they live like a like hundred years old or something right? Really? well dude this one was tagged in 1956 right so they think that it's it's around 70 to like 70 to 80 years old still going and it's not only is it still going since that time they've re- they reckon it's clocked around 3 million miles and furthermore what? furthermore and this is like in migration furthermore it just laid at 70 years old it just laid another chick that hatched. So this is a female, yeah, obviously, yes, yeah, and it's just it's just pumping out kids and living its best okay, life. Okay, so I want to
0: hear from the uh, seven-year-old uh, women who are listening in today, that. Would <laughs> like to be um, giving birth right now, having a having a newborn. Uh, is Albatross? is out there and just doing <laughs> They're it? Getting it done. <laughs> it's amazing the things God has created.
1: You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different.
0: We have an interview coming up that's going to run for 28 minutes, mm-hmm. and you do not want to a miss, a miss a second of it. So if you're travelling somewhere, uh, get ready to uh, pull over in your car when you get to your location. Leave this one switched on. If you miss it halfway through, make sure that you go back and catch the full interview. You've got to catch the end of the interview. Mm-hmm. The end of the, it's just so powerful and so moving. You've got to be there for the end of it. Um, and make sure you catch it on the podcast if you miss it at any stage. All right. Um, all right. So we did talk about Facebook abusing children. They've been caught red-handed. Harvesting data of children, cop this, and selling it for targeted ads for illegal products. So not illegal products as in by nature illegal, but illegal to sell to children. Oh, okay, okay, yep. So things like alcohol, gambling, vaping, and mm. dating. So an independent research group uh, did some research on this. Uh, they discovered that this was actually taking place, that this is what was actually happening, and so then they conducted mm. experiments uh, where they actually created ads for alcohol products, gambling products, vaping products, dating uh, sites... And then they put into, you know, because when you advertise with Facebook, you can say, look, I want it to go to this particular demographic. Yes. So they put, they, they made ads for all four of these categories, numerous ads for all four of these categories, mm-hmm. and they put into the advertising parameters that they only wanted to target children. And they're allowed to. And they went straight through, unopposed. Oof. Straight through. That is hectic. because yes. Because it's now, not- Now, they never th- paid for them because that's the final step and that would be an immoral thing to
1: do, obviously. Mm-hmm. But they went straight through. Well, it's like, um, you know, people could make the the argument like, oh, well, you know, advertising on TV advertises all these things. But the thing is with social media is that it's- targeted advertising targeted. so it takes like so if you look up you know anything related to yes. that if you get conversate about that then it'll include those things that's right um but secondarily is that facebook knows your age like they don't have an excuse facebook doesn't necessarily have an excuse where they can be like oh you know uh we didn't know because this just blanket advertising they know your age they know where you're from they know that, who was, who the, that was the parameters that were yeah. actually
0: yeah that, you know That's intense. It's very, very intense. This is child abuse is what this is. And, you know, even though you do have this kind of advertising on TV, you don't have it when the cartoons are playing. Mm. that's illegal. That's true. That's absolutely illegal. Yeah, they they have regulations on what things can go on and what time. Okay, so Facebook doesn't just glean from your Facebook interactions. Mm -hmm. They also glean by the use of cookies, and so they look at what else you're doing online. Mm -hmm. And so what they are looking for when they advertise alcohol, gambling, vaping, and dating uh, to children is that they're actually looking for children who are vulnerable.
1: Mm. Wow. That's heinous. That's terrible. That is
0: absolutely heinous stuff. Um, and of course, it takes place on Instagram as well. Mm. So yeah, all of these, uh, all of these things were approved. Now, of course, in the UK and Ireland, um, it is they're unable to do this because it's illegal to trade children's online data in the UK and Ireland. Yes. And I would absolutely support that same legislation for here in Australia. I think that it is absolutely immoral that you can harvest children's data to uh, to, to advertise to children. We, we have a thing called the age of consent. Yes. And there's a reason why we have the age of consent, and that should apply to advertising as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, another story, this one coming out of South Dakota. Uh, the government there, uh, Christine Noam, has vetoed a, mes- a, a measure to prevent males from competing in women's sport, so biological males. Mm-hmm. So she stood up and vetoed the thing, and okay, that's you know kind of what we see happening around the world at the moment in many kinds of different jurisdictions. It's basically leading to the deletion of women. Mm. And you would wonder why a woman would do that. But what's interesting and significant about this is that uh, Christy Noam is a Republican. Oh, wow. Okay. And you don't expect that from the right mm. of politics. But what it does show is the trajectory of our world mm. when you see both the right and the left starting to come together on these kinds of issues and to oppose both science and the Bible in support of ideology. It's definitely a sign of the trajectory, the direction that our world is taken. And she, she made this lame excuse that the uh, the National Collegiate Athletic Association would sue them if they if she didn't veto this particular bill. Well, actually, the uh, laws or the rules of the National Collegiate Association say that if there's a biological male um, on a particular team, then it becomes a mixed team. hmm uh, so there was nothing, yep. no, no problem. Idaho already has the same kind of legislation. They've banned uh, biological males in competing uh, against uh, women and mm. with women, and they haven't been sued. So it's like, okay, what's actually going on here? Is this, is she actually really afraid of a lawsuit? And if she's afraid of a lawsuit, then, well, just take it to the courts and deal with it. Um, or is there more going on here behind the scenes than what we realise? I would say... That our world is running on a trajectory to destruction that the Bible predicted long, long ago. Wow. Welcome back everybody. You're listening to the Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. And joining me on the phone this morning is Lynn Ferugia. Now, Lynn's going to bring us a story that is actually going to develop. So if we can all cast our minds a couple of years back to when Australia was being ripped apart by bushfires, it's amazing how quickly we forget what actually took place just a couple of years ago. And then the floods come and COVID comes and we kind of forget about it but those people that were actually affected by those fires they don't forget about it and some years ago Lynn who is joining me on the phone right now noticed a family who had been deeply affected by those fires. Lynn where does this
2: story start? Okay in 2019 um, in the November that's when things started in northern New South Wales at a place called Rainbow Flats. We were watching news items come through about it thick and fast. As a matter of fact, news was saturated everywhere about the fires. And one night there was a, an elderly man being interviewed um, and my husband and I were in the lounge room watching this unfold and he sobbed out even the driveway was on a I remember I looked at Sam and I said, when this is over, we're going to find that man and we're going to do whatever we can. And Sam said, yes, let's do that because, you see, we're from bushfire. In 2001, we lived in the southern highlands of New South Wales when the fires ripped through that area and so many homes around us were lost and we understood what it was like. Coming back through that lunar landscape and just not even knowing if we had a home and the aftermath of that. So that's where it initially began.
0: Okay, so you've seen this particular individual, you're like, God has called to your heart. You need to help that man. Then what happens is it, uh, how do you go about tracking down, you know, somebody you've just seen their face on the news and God has spoken to your heart. How do you go about tracking that person down? And, and what actually happens from there? Because as I understand
2: it, this was not a fast process. No, well, the, the answer to that is, well, we didn't track him down. The short answer is we forgot. The COVID thing happened, and we couldn't get across borders, and life got very busy, as we all know. And our world changed forever, so it kind of put our minds until November 2020. Um, exactly a year on, God made sure that Sam and I remembered this this particular gentleman because I got hurt. I got I got laid up pretty big, and um, I didn't like that too much. But um, even Sam had to have time off work with me because I couldn't move around and as I recovered and he eventually went back to work he was ringing me at regular intervals, checking I was okay and during one of those calls I saw a nine news feed and they had done a one year on update on that particular man and others as well but he was in amongst that and I just felt that, that heart pull and I thought oh, yeah, I promised to help that man and we didn't so I rang Sam and we had a prayer and he said, um, let's find him. I said, yep, let's do it. So we began the journey of trying to find him. That was not easy at all. Um, that was a couple of weeks of many, many phone calls. So eventually through a young kid called Jack at Google Earth, the area and the only thing out there is a fuel depot that uh, access fuels. So I thought somebody in that locality has to know this family we had to find different family and it was Jack that actually led us to
0: this family yeah wow where would we live these days without things like Google Earth when it comes to doing some detective work (laughs) (laughs) okay so you've tracked this family down now you know they talk about even their driveway was on fire Mm -hmm. how much did they did they actually lose
2: Everything. The whole property was completely wiped. They were actually fighting a fire on an adjoining property and this gentleman and his wife are actually real fire service. They were out fighting fires when their own home was engulfed. And in one of the interviews, because during this time there were places, yeah, uh, sorry, people that were, were, you know, going around the area and interviewing the people. And during one of those interviews that was broadcast, the interviewer said, why weren't you insured? And the lady said, well, we had a choice, either eat or be insured. So we chose to eat. And I thought, this is so true of our current world. You know, a lot of people are really struggling and we know what that's like too. My husband and I, at one point, we lost everything as well many years ago. And so I think most people who go through those kind of things uh, really have a heart for those that, that are in the grip of that. And these people are elderly. So the prospects of them starting all over again are yeah, very, very slim. I wonder
0: if I could come back in the story in just a moment and talk about this uh, this young fellow, Jack. You've, you've tracked him down at a fuel depot. How does, how does that story play out?
2: Well, I rang to ask if he knew in that locality this particular family and he said, No, I don't and I said, Well, there can't be that many people around. I can see on Google Earth, good old grandma Google. Um, I can see on Google Earth there's only a few properties in the area and he's like, I'm new I said, Well I'll leave my number with you if you find somebody who knows who you know, that that family may be. Not even sixty seconds later. Um, he rings me back and he goes like, whoa, lady. And I'm like, Jack, what's wrong? And he goes, oh, this dude comes in to play for fuel. <laughs> and I said, man, do you know the Dunkers? And he's like, yeah, they're my next door neighbor. I said, oh, Jack, please tell me you gave that man my number. And he goes, oh, I'm not in trouble, am I? I said, no, no, that's exactly what you should have done. And I told him, I said, one day, Jack, because God has used you today. I said, I'm going to walk through the door of that fuel depot and I'm going to hug the stuffing out of you. And he's like, well, steady, lady. (laughs) 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 So we hung up. (laughs) We hung up. And 15 minutes later, a phone call came and a soft-spoken woman said, my neighbor who was an atheist, just jokingly said to me that the lady on the end of this phone number was told by God to ring me up and to find me. And I told him if God has told her to find me, God is telling me to ring her back. And I said, oh, I said, look, our names are Lynn and Sam Ferugia. And we live in Harvey Bay uh, in Queensland. So far from you, but we just felt compelled by God to ask the question, and that is, what would your immediate needs be? And the story unfolded from that moment on.
0: Wow. So let's let's pick it up then. They've lost everything. They're uninsured. Are these, are these elderly folk, are they on a pension? What, uh, what was their financial uh, situation?
2: Yeah, uh, they're elderly. They apparently grew trees for income, for that added income they needed. And she also shared that they'd had some family upheaval and that they had they had put up a shed. Uh, some of the people had got together and put up small sheds for, for some of the residents who had lost absolutely everything. And they had this small shed, but there were seven of them in the shed. And there's a foundation that lodges a pod. A pod is a very small shipping container. It has um, double bunks in it and a shower and toilet. And so between the seven of them, they were sharing these two little um, dwellings on the property with nothing moving forward, like nothing ahead. And, um, and, of course, the, the news item I'd seen was one year on. They'd had a year of, you know, the property had been scraped clean. Um, people had come in with doses and cleared all the debris away. It was just absolutely nothing. So um,
0: yeah, we, we, ha- we see these disasters come through and, you know, recently we've had a lot of floods come through and there's that initial surge to, OK, we need to get out there and help people. But what we don't realise is the long term effects and how that, you know, now you've effectively got an elderly couple who are looking after some family with some family disruption and so forth. That probably going to be living in, you know, a shipping container for the rest of their life. When you don't have a, a lot of income and you're not in a position to, you know, go out and get another high paying job and start over again, that's the rest um. of your life right there. You've decided to do something about that and to change these people's lives and, uh, yeah, just take us through where does this story go to from here? I want to, I want to hear where it heads.
2: Well, after um, after sort of introducing myself to her, uh, she said, I'll go and get my husband and um, this soft-spoken gentleman came on the phone and he said, um, I, I said, what would your, you know, if God stood in front of you right now and said, what are your immediate needs? What would you say? And he said, well... Um, a pump. I said, a pump? What sort of a pump? And he said, well, I'm bucketing water almost 200 metres up an embankment from an almost dry dam, just trying to keep a few trees alive. And I said, okay, a pump. I'm said, well, And I pressed him because I thought, if I'd lost absolutely everything I ever had in my entire life, um, like even Gwenda told me, seven generations of photographs were gone. And that in itself is just Irreplaceable, you know. Mm. So I, yeah. You know, what else would you want? And then he said, "Well, we have the forged grandchildren with us, and it's so hot here. It was forty-two degrees the day we spoke." And he says, um, "They're so saying. distressed." Yeah, they're so distressed in the heat, especially in the night. And I said, okay, so some sort of air conditioning. And I said, look, I don't know what God has got planned here, but we'll do whatever we can and just very prayerfully moving forward. And he said these words. He said, well, Lynn, I can see you and your husband have got good hearts. He said, I want to thank you for the things that you can do for my family, anything at all. But I also want to thank you for the things you find that you cannot do because we've been promised so much that nothing has ever come. And that was it. A tear just found its way down my cheek and dropped under my desk. And I thought, that's it. Um, so we started praying and asking God what to do. I rang my husband. He contacted um, Davey Irrigation Australia and they said okay, feed us all the information and we will make a call on this so we um, he rang me, we we got all of the information together we could, the, the nine news footage and the other articles that we found on the internet and within it wasn't even half an hour we um, they sent a message saying that, uh, well actually Dora, um, who was the, the manager, she rang me and she said we would be humbled to meet the needs of these proud Australians. And they went out, they lodged a the whole firefighting rig and 200 metres of hoses and, and couplings and all the things that the Duncans needed. And Sam and I embarked on the journey of trying to find an air conditioner and we couldn't get anybody to even look at it. So God made sure that we were in a position right at Christmas to... Um, The fourth one and we actually rang around the area and found a local pastor and he agreed to collect the item. So we paid for it. They, he went out and and grabbed it and drove it from the 40 Ks out to the family and gave it to them. And Glenda rang me. She was, she was beside herself. She said, I can't believe it. She said, thank you so much. And I said, well, it really isn't like a one man and woman show here. This is God hearing you, and we've just put our hand up. I said, it's just not really about us because we forgot." Bottom line, we forgot. So, yeah. So God started to move, but um, from that moment on, uh, we kept in contact—the uh, odd phone call and what have you—but it just chewed on me that these people were still living in such cruel circumstances in, you know, not just facing a dreadful summer ahead, but also facing a terrible winter in a shed. And my husband and I, we know what that's like. So our hearts started to really draw toward their need. And it's not just them. There's other people in the area that are hurting as well. And today, Sam and I are going to go knock on doors and just see what the immediate needs are of the people that are still in Some people were insured and they've been re established. Sure. But um, these people have it, yeah. And there are others like them. And there's a lot of angst and not being prayerful. I can't imagine what it would be like to be in those situations and not be able to to lock on to that resource of prayer. So, um, yeah, so we we just want to see what else was available out there.
0: Okay, so Lynn, we've just got a little bit of time left. I want you to tell us. Mm Um, where we're up to right now because this story has grown and has become exciting. Can you just take us through a summary of what's going to be happening next?
2: Okay, over the last four months, God just kept tapping us on the shoulder and pushing us forward and we started to ring around and ask if some of the larger companies and some of the smaller ones, mind you, would be prepared to donate things that would go together to build a house. You've got to have a thick skin because we took a lot of knockbacks But the more people we spoke to, the more people came on board. And we have now had donated so many items for a home. The the architect, we we found James Peterson Architecture in Newcastle. They come on board to draw draw up a fireproof dwelling. We needed engineers that were aware of a a fire-raised area. So Magicon engineers came on board to do that then there was uh, Great Lakes aggregate concrete came on board to supply the slab, got up the supplying steel frame, huge doors supplying all of the doors and so it goes. All of the bits and pieces started to come together and we could see the hand of God and my husband and I would trudge the pavement every morning before dawn and it, it's so cold of late that I um, we get up and go and we do a few days of just praying through the alphabet, A to Z, and lifting these requests to God. And the last phone call, or a few of phone calls that have come that have said, look, you know, we have read the story you've written, we agree to supply this. And the guys from Boral rang and said that they would supply all the gyprock and corners. And I started to I gag, sort of like I knew I was going to cry if I said one word. And there was a long pause. It was amazing to to sort of like just be able to share with every one of these suppliers that the hand of God had come upon them because we had asked for that. We had we had cried out to God through Jesus Christ and asked the Holy Spirit to deliver this message to God, to lay it before him that his hand could move over these people. And even the the managing director of Hume Doors, I said to him, you know, we cried to God for you this morning. You know, the hand of God literally come across you because we asked that to happen. I said, how does that make you feel? And there was a really long pause, and then he said, yeah, it actually makes me feel pretty good. <laughs> Praise and, God. Um, and it was nice, you know, these people don't know God. Um, we have that amazing opportunity at every point to hold up God, and this is not our gig at all. This is God's gig, and we want it to be the the hand of God that can be seen by others and people can look at it and say, wow, you know, how did all of that happen? Because Sam and I feel like we're sort of sitting still and all of this is kind of rushing past us in some huge snowball that we're just watching unfold. And there's so many more things we need. We're waiting for someone to put their hand up and say they'll supply the windows and we know that's going to be about $6,000. So that's a pretty big ask. And we, you know, there's other things. We need plumbers and builders and, you know, and even though there's about 35 of us um, from uh, Harvey Bay and some from down here are ready to make the 11-hour journey down, roll our sleeves up and build this house. And everyone is so excited. They ask me every day, like, what's happening now? What's happening now? Um, Kate Eames of Gold law. Uh, he actually came on board and said, yep, I'll do all your legal. You just let me know what you need and, you know, that'll all be taken care of. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Firebox Creative came on board and they've built a website called www.sendus.com.au. It's just a skin at the moment as we're filtering in information because this story is unfolding as we speak. It's not something from the past or in the future. It's actually happening right now. So um, any... Anybody who'd like to donate anything, it will all go into the trust fund of gold Law. So nobody handles any money. Everything is specifically for this
0: build. So that was sendus.com.au.
2: Yes, yeah, we have a Bible study group at our house of a dozen or so. There's five or six different denominations at our Bible study and um, these people, and um, they're all very heavily um, invested in what, what we're happening. They're very prayerful and um, many of them are in a position to come down and do this build with us. So we're so blessed this, this message is being filtered into other churches as well. Even though we're all different denominations, our care group family, are all keeping Sabbath as of about two months ago. And that alone has been just such a shock because it was never said that as people have um, drawn closer and become more engaged, they've seen the, the, the beauty of, um, of the message of salvation. And we're so grateful. We're just so incredibly grateful. And there's been lots of heartache. It hasn't happened easy. But um, God is very, very visible very very visible and our theme song is called Send Me and we sing that before after dinner and before we study each week we sing this song called Send Me and it's based on a Isaiah 6 and so the website Luke Ferugia which is our son who owns Slowbox Creative um, many of you may know Luke from um, other other work that's done and with you too Lyle I know yeah um, Oz yeah, Table Talk um, yeah, Luke has um, begun a journey with that website to filter all the information through it. So we're very excited that um, so many people are, you know, putting their hand up and saying, "Send me," because okay. I think too often, yeah, too often we don't do that. Hey,
0: yeah, that's yeah. so true. Lynn, tell us what's happening today because we're actually sending Lawson, my co-host here on The Breakfast Show, we're sending Lawson up to Rainbow Flat today and there are a couple of people that are gathering there today. What's actually going to happen today? I should say that... We're actually pre-recording this, so this is what happened yesterday. Um, okay. But for the for the for the sake of the story, what's happening today? And then I want to talk about why we're actually pre-recording this.
2: Okay, today we Sam and I made this um, thousand-kilometer journey. Uh, we're in a little motel unit at the moment. It's very early hours of the morning. We are going to deliver this message to the Duncan family. We have not told them to this point. Uh, for the one reason that if, if it wasn't what God wanted to happen and this, these bits and pieces were not going to come together, it would have been very cruel to build up their hopes only to have the rug pulled from beneath them again. But one morning we were trudging the street, we needed the concrete for the slab because this is a very big ask. So we said to God, okay, if you want us to do this, if you're going to see us through this, if you really want this to happen, we need the concrete. You have to do something about the concrete. And that day, I started ringing around asking people, um, would they supply the concrete? And all the big concrete suppliers got knocked back after knocked back. And then at the close of the day, um, I spoke to a man called Charlie Kennett, and he's from Great Lakes Aggregate, and he said to me, okay, I'll supply the concrete. And I just about fell down because it wasn't just about getting the concrete. It was about God hearing our prayer and saying, Lynn and Sam, guess what? This is what I want you to do. And just the fact that he'd heard us and that we had that virtual seal of approval on where we were headed with all this. And that's the way we've, uh, we've attacked every single item that we've needed so far. So today we're going to drive to the Duncans. They know we're coming for morning tea and um, they're not obviously not used to um, to this sort of thing that we've had a few phone conversations and even last night I said to Gwenda, you know, so excited, going to put my arms around you tomorrow and she texts back and said, can hardly wait, travel safe. So um, they know we're coming for a of this morning um, but they don't know um, what we're bringing with us and that is, the message that God has for them is that he has heard their prayers and we just get to be part of that. And yeah. we get to see that unfold.
0: Praise God. I'm so
2: grateful.
0: Lynn, it's absolutely amazing what you're doing. And, of course, we're pre-recording this because uh, we don't want to... Beat you to it by putting it to air and, and the story getting out before, uh, before you're able to actually stop in there and visit with the family. It's yeah. oh, going to be amazing to have Lawson there to be able to, yeah, just uh, speak with uh, yourself and the family on, on, on the site on that particular, uh, as that all unfolds. Well, and we're going to be bringing that to you right here on Faith FM. Yeah, that, um,
2: that was, I, I'm so uh, glad that you guys you know, are willing to actually step forward and and make this public because we need so much more um you know that would be great if people could hear that there are so many great needs sort of yet to go but we basically have a house we have the, the skin and we really appreciate what you're doing last night when you told me that okay they're coming i'm sure they got a shock to get a call late in the night that they were going somewhere early this morning so thank you awesome and for um for coming and, and for actually doing this. We'll enter the property first and greet the the Duncan. And um, Pastor Graham Stewart, um, many of you might know him, um, I've connected with him and he's actually also going to be there because we understand that there could be some you know, this is quite a traumatic thing really as, as you know, as wonderful as it is, this is going to be quite a shock for the elderly couple. So um, it was really nice that um Graham was like, yep, I'm definitely going to be there, you know, so he's meeting us also at the end of the street at 10am and we're going to deliver this message.
0: And just one last thing, I understand that somewhere along this process, you're obviously, your family is obviously a family of prayer Um, and and it's prayer that has has brought this about, Um, it's been God's intervention but at some particular point, you found out that this family is a family of
2: prayer as well. I know, I know, um, I spoke with Gwenda in uh, January and she was crying and I'm like, what's wrong, girl, what's wrong? And she said, we've just got an eviction notice. And I'm like, what? And she said, because she can't live in temporary accommodation more than 12 months and we've just clocked over the 12-month mark. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Um, she didn't know that I'd already established a very strong um, bond with Midcoast Council. And there's a gentleman in Midcoast Council called Chad Bell and he has mentored us through this process and he has also waived all the fees for the duration of the build for the council, which is huge. This is absolutely huge. And we have to get a development application signed before we can proceed any further with this house. So I've got all the forms with me today to, for the sandwich to sign. But I rang him and I said, these people have had an eviction notice. And he's like, oh. He said, look, okay, leave it with me. Um, I'll deal with that for the moment. He said, are you going to go ahead with this? I said, yes. I said, we've got, you know, a lot happening now. This looks like it's going to happen. He said, all right, well, I'll hold off on this for the moment. So when they got the eviction notice, they went looking for somewhere else to live. And I said to Gwenda, you know, uh, keeping in constant contact with her, and she said, look, uh, a pastor friend of ours has found us a caravan and if we can find $2,000, we can get this really, really good caravan and that means that we can stay here in a caravan. And I said, okay, you know, we don't have any money but we will prayerfully hope somebody can, you know, help you through this process. And she said these words to me. Yes, he said we can have this caravan because the people who own it don't need it because there was no big camp this year. And I said, Be-be. I said, I'm sorry, Gwenda, but I had only ever heard that in the, the circles of the Adventist church. And she said, oh, yes, uh, we're actually Seventh-day Adventists. And I, I just about fell off the chair because we don't ask people's creed before we help them. That just totally came from left field. And I said, oh, Gwenda," I said, we're actually Adventists. And then her and her husband and um, Sam and I, they cried. Um, because we understood that God was moving on heart and you know we're all at different places in our Christian walk, but we know when God reaches out, um, our faith is strengthened, our 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 purpose is strengthened, and um, we help all sorts of people. I mean, you know, this has been a life's work for Sam and I, and and Luke as a as a child. I don't know why we just seem to stretch to this kind of thing, and we've been led by God to so many people in need. And um, I was just so grateful that we could share prayer. Um, so in such an open way from that point on, very happy with what with following God and the changes that brings into your life. It just turns your life into an amazing adventure. So onward and upward.
0: Lynn Ferugia, thank you so much for joining us here on Faith FM this morning and sharing this remarkable story with so many answers to prayer. And it just goes to illustrate, you know, when we dedicate our life to God and we dedicate our service to God, that God is there to bring about so many adventures. What an amazing experience. Just want to repeat that website is sendus.com.au. Please do go there. There are many more needs that yet need to be fulfilled to make this house a reality, to finish it off. The basics are there. But there's obviously with you know any any project like this, there are a lot of things that need to be finished off. So please do go to sendus.com.au. Lynn Ferugia, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you, Laurel. I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks for being a part of the
2: Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.